Forecast, a look at the week's biggest stories and what they mean from the editors at Factual. I'm Jimmy Levis. Today is August 18th, and in this week's forecast, we've got a no-confidence vote in Montenegro, the head of the UN visiting Ukraine, Greece leaving the EU's so-called enhanced surveillance framework, a court hearing on Idaho's abortion trigger law, and a look at the recent surge of cartel violence in Mexico. You can also read about these stories and more in our weekly newsletter, which you can find a link to in the show notes. Montenegro's parliament will hold a no-confidence vote against Prime Minister Dritin Abazovic tomorrow. The move was initiated by the Prime Minister's own ruling coalition partners and comes after an agreement was made between Abazovic's Liberal Party and the Serbian Orthodox Church, focusing on the country's relationship with the church. The Serbian Orthodox Church is the largest religious organization in Montenegro, and the agreement would allow the church to have sprawling rights to build churches, relocate cultural heritage, and take ownership of property it claims across the country. Now, this no-confidence motion is the second this year following an earlier motion that collapsed the former government led by Zdravko Krivokopic. Human rights organizations and pro-European parties have criticized the agreement, which was done behind closed doors and with no media presence calling it non-transparent. Some argue it may be fueling long-standing divisions between ethnic and religious communities in the country since its independence from Serbia in 2006. If a simple majority is reached, another early election would be called, and the agreement would be set aside. The head of the United Nations will tour Ukraine's Black Seaport on Friday. The visit follows the resumption of grain shipments. Russia has been blockading the port of Odessa since its wide-scale invasion in February, and grain exports from Ukraine ground to a halt, worsening a global food shortage. Ukraine and Russia, however, signed a deal last month with the UN and Turkey that allows for the resumption of grain exports from Odessa. Now, on the heels of that political breakthrough, UN Secretary General Guterres will meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky and Turkish President Erdogan to discuss possible diplomatic means to end the war. However, the visit could also lead to more Russian shelling. When Guterres traveled to Kiev in April, Moscow shelled the area about an hour after he held a press conference with Zelensky. The European Commission will cease years-long surveillance of the Greek government's budget on Saturday. It will effectively mark an end to the country's debt crisis. Greece lost access to the international bond markets in 2010 after admitting it misreported key financial data and its debt grew to nearly double the GDP. After three bailouts from the IMF and European Central Bank, the final of it formally ending in 2018, Greece introduced deep economic reforms. The European Commission now says the resilience of the Greek economy has substantially improved, and the enhanced surveillance is no longer justified. Now, Greece's credit rating remains below investment grade, raising its borrowing costs despite its return to international bond markets. Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis has pledged to remain within fiscal targets and hopes to regain investment-grade status by early next year. The first federal legal challenge to a state abortion statute since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade will go before a judge on Monday in Boise, Idaho. It comes just days after the Idaho Supreme Court declined to prevent the trigger law passed in 2020 from taking effect on August 25th. The Justice Department filed suit earlier this month against Idaho and its near-total abortion ban, 
claiming it violates a federal law requiring any hospital that accepts Medicare to stabilize anyone who arrives in need of emergency care. In a brief, several national medical organizations expressed concern over a lack of detail around what actions would constitute protecting the life of the mother. Idaho Governor Brad Little called the lawsuit federal meddling and an example of overreach by the Biden administration. Now, the case will serve as a key test for reproductive rights advocates and what legal avenues may be available to counter state legislation that limits abortion access. More than 20 states filed a friend-of-the-court brief against Idaho's ban, saying it would send abortion patients into other states, stressing the already fragile medical systems post-pandemic. Last time for this forecast is on the recent wave of violence in Mexico's Baja, California. For more on that, I spoke with factual editor Irene Viora. Hi, Irene. Hi, Jimmy. So glad you're with us today. Hoping you can fill us in on what exactly went down in last weekend in Mexico. Yeah, so last weekend, especially on Friday, more than 30 arson attacks were recorded and multiple road blockades were staged in different cities of Baja, California. And according to authorities, uh, suspected cartel Jalisco Nueva Generación members were responsible for them. This then led to a bit of paralysis in these cities, obviously after Friday, because the people were scared of repercussions to their lives or their businesses if they went out. Do we know the purpose of these cartel roadblocks? So local officials have suggested that the attacks could be a destruction method which is used by cartels to generate chaos and deviate some of the state resources into securing areas that are not critical to their trafficking operations, or even as a display of power. However, the CGNJ had warned the week before that it was going to create some chaos in the area to pressure the government to free some uh, imprisoned cartel members. Besides the arsons and roadblocks, what, what's the cartel situation like just in general lately? Well, last weekend's violence surge was not an isolated event at all, especially in the recent context. Uh, it has, in fact, come amid a wave of unrest, which authorities believe is related to uh, both cartel wars for territorial control, mainly involving the CGNG and the Arellano Felix cartel, but also to the fact that the cartels are putting pressure on authorities to release some of their detained members. Last week, at least 11 people were killed in a jail riot and developing unrest in Ciudad Juarez. And other incendiary attacks were staged in Jalisco and Guanajuato after the attentive arrest of one of their leaders. Well, in addition to just keeping an eye out for more threats from cartels, what else should folks be watching for? So, so far after the events uh, took place over the weekend, there's been efforts made to increase security in Baja California. So some uh, 3,000 soldiers were deployed and 2,000 police officers as well statewide. And then also 350 additional military staff were deployed in Tijuana alone to secure the area because it was one of the cities most impacted by the actions. Aside from this, the neighboring Baja California Sur announced they are going to attempt a sealing of its border. So basically, they're going to try to reinforce the security in the area to avoid a spillover of crime after what happened over the weekend. But sadly, I have to say, I think in the near future, as the territorial dispute between the cartels continues and 
with an ever vegan military presence in the area, I think we're just going to see similar episodes repeat sporadically in the region. Well, Irene, we're just about out of time, but thank you for catching us up to speed. Until next time, let's hope we don't see a full repeat of last weekend. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks, Jimmy. Take care. As always, thank you for listening to The Factual Forecast. We publish our forward-looking podcast and newsletter each Thursday to help you get a jump start on the week ahead. Please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcasts. We'd love it if you'd consider telling a friend about us. Today's episode was produced with work from Factual Editors Jaime Calle Moreno, Jeff Lanson, Aves Amon, and Joe Vieira. Our interview featured editor Irene Viora, and our music comes courtesy of Andrew Gosby. Until next time, if you have any feedback, suggestions, or events we've missed, drop us a note by emailing hello at factual.com. <laughs>